Let's do Shuvah. Have Yom Kippur. Have then the, the, the have nine more days of Chuva. And then let's have Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, with Mekabal Omal Chashamayim. Let's do it from a place of first doing Chuva. And it's not that way. We're told Hashem wants us as we are. The message that Rosh Hashanah is before Yom Kippur, Hashem wants me, Hashem wants you as you are. It's always interesting. If you ever, Bezer Hashem Bikarov, I picture Zach running a Shabbos table. Beautiful mishpacho. Have like tire girls, precious, amazing mishpacho you'll have, Zach. You'll see what happens. You're supposed to, after Kiddush, Maishala, you'll see Maishala have a beautiful family of wonderful Yid Maishala. And after Kiddush, you're supposed to wash right away. But I'll tell you the problem. Kiddush b'makayim suda, you're supposed to right after Kiddush get to washing. You're not supposed to dilly-dally and delay. The problem is you're not allowed to tell people to go wash. It's inappropriate. Very important to have Derek Heretz. It's inappropriate. You tell somebody to go wash means you're dirty. You don't tell your roommate, go take a shower. It's not nice. You're telling a guy you're dirty. It's inappropriate. You don't say these things are big things. You don't say to people like you don't tell your kids go wash. It's not nice. We we say things, we get so religious, we forget like life and Yiddishkeit and Torah. You don't tell people go wash. It's not, it's not. You would never catch a Balder Herod say to somebody, go wash. You're not like thinking what you're doing. You say to somebody to go wash. What do you do, Shmuley? <laughs> Come out here. But, but Shmuley says is what I do, is you wash yourself. You wash calmly, you wash. You could say, so Yehud is brilliant. Yehud says, Mishpacha, let's eat bread. Brilliant. It's a big difference. It's not nice to say, go wash. You would never catch, we have a Mendy Katz, he's a dignified person. He has a dinos. He wouldn't say, he knows what he's saying. He wouldn't say this, go wash. What are you saying to somebody? You're dirty, you're tummy. Chas v'shon. What? That's very smart. So you have some answers. So, so Yosef Chai brilliantly says, well, what, it matters. What you say matters, by the way. It matters how you talk. You, you talk like a mensch. You would never catch a big person who measures their words, say, go wash. What? That's, yeah, that, I, but that's, it, it matters how you say it. So, uh, so, so you did, you says, Yosef Chai says, you know, we're, we're washing, like the sun, it's going on now, you're invited. You don't say to a guy, wash up. I would either wash myself, if I wash, so people, oh, well, he's washing, or let's eat bread. Rabbi said, let's eat bread. Yeah, they not, okay. Now to eat bread, we know you wash for lechem, let's eat lechem, chevra, let's have the lechem, let's get to it. So you can say that, but it matters what you say. Lemaisa, it just brings out to me, I've always noticed that we do Kiddush before we wash. And at the Seder, it's pronounced, because the minig is before the Seder, you say Kaddish, Orchatz. That's very interesting that you say Kaddish before Orchatz. And there's a deep message. Kaddish is Kedusha. Orchatz is to fix up, is to wash off Tumah. And there's a deep message, Hashem wants me now. Not if I fix up, and when I fix up, and if I do better, Hashem wants me now. He wants you now, I promise. He wants us now, Maishalah. 
Maishli Yehiris, Kaddish before Orchatz. Well before we can Rosh Hashanah before Yom Kippur. He wants us now. He wants us now. I was called up. It's the Messiah of our generation. Things are not by accident. We're a generation that there's a lot of stress in homes. That's what Hashem was geyser. There's a lot of stress in homes and a lot of access to stuff. And because of those two things combining, there are a lot of people who feel puzzled, who feel very, very puzzled. It was called two nights ago, a girl called a Besiaka Tzadek is bawling. She's puzzled. She's puzzled. This is the Nisayan of our generation. We're very, very much wanted by Hashem. I love the words on Shabbos we sing in Menucha V'Semcha Kva Ratzach, you're already wanted. Shem wants us, he wants us. Kaddish before Orchatz. I want your Kedusha before Rachatz. Before you wash up, I already want you. That's Kaddish before Orchatz. So I think that's an important, very important thing to keep in mind at the Seder. We are wanted by Hashem. It's very instructive if you think it's a cute, like cutesy, Kaddish for Orchatz. It's actually like the Iker Inyan, maybe from the Iker in Yanim of Pesach. Remember, he took us out of Mitzrayim well before we won the Memtesh Shari Tuma. Well before we fixed up, he took us out of Mitzrayim. The message is, I want you. That's the message of Pesach. I want you. Hashem wants us and chose us and is interested in us. Well before. Then we got Adam and Sraim, a tremendous display of love. Then there was much to do. I want to say, yesterday we asked the Kasha that we start counting Svir Saimis the second day Pesach. I want to suggest the new Pateritz today. The Chevre came, so many Chevres here. Usher, the captain's back. Yehuda Notice is here. The Olam's here. Shloim, I want to share. Yosef is back. Welcome home, Yosef. Tzvi, I want to share a new pshat. Maisha Gross, you're back. Maisha's here. Amazing. Amazing. Maisha's here. Yosef Groman's here. I want to share, Zach. We asked the Kasha. We count from Pesach. To Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, from getting out of Egypt, I'm sorry, to Kabbalah Satayra, because Hashem took us out to hand us the Torah. But we count day number two. Why do we count from day number two? We should count from the first day Pesach. And yesterday we spoke about Svira Sa'imer, and we spoke about understanding that the world, that Hashem runs the world. But I want to say, Hever, that we don't count from day number one because before you start counting to Sfirat, to, to, to Kabbal Satayr is preparing to get myself ready, ready to be a vessel, to be somebody who can be Makabal The first thing is to know that Hashem wants us. We don't count, there is no work on day one of Pesach. The work starts day two, we start Sfirat Saimer. Day one is to first know Kaddish before Orchatz. Before you start cleaning, before first we make Kiddush. I like it in, on Shabbos Kaddish. I love Kiddush. And I like the sense, Hevra, we're making Kiddush. I don't want to hear before we're thinking about getting clean. Nobody goes to the back sinks yet. We make Kiddush. What are we doing Kaddish first? Everyone makes sense. It's funny. By, in, by Yekas have the minute they first wash hands. Yekas first do it. I, in the yeshiva, that's not what we do. We first make Kiddush. Kaddish before Orchatz. And, and the Chebra first makes Kiddush. I like that. Everybody Kiddush. And we all gather around the table and make Kiddush. Nobody's washing it. Nachdem, the Nachdem will go, afterwards we'll go wash up. Kaddish before Orchatz. And the very fact, perhaps, that we have 
the first night of Pesach, and I don't count towards, of course, the purpose of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim's Kabbalah Satayra. And of course, we have much construction we want to do, but well before the construction is to know Hashem desires us. There's a tremendous Yetzirah all our lives of feeling inadequate. I'm not what people think. There's a lot of insecurity today. People walk around, I'm not what people think I am, I'm not as good. If, if the world thinks, if you're looked at as you did your grandstand, the whole Eilam is a lot. He's much bigger than all of us think, much. You take an iron smile, it's, he's much bigger, it's wrong, it's not true, it's a sheker, it's a lie. People have, there's a tremendous sheker that the Yetzirah gets us, I'm not what people think, you're much bigger than people think, you're much bigger than you think, much. Peace of Hashem were much bigger, much. You're much, much bigger than you think and all the people who think good. In the yeshiva, we're machshiv guys. They're much bigger than we're machshiv. Much, much. We don't have the capacity. We beg mechil. We don't have the capacity to see enough. It's a Yetzahara. There's a big Baal Musser in Lakewood. A big Baal Musser is a wonderful yid. His main thing is he wants to make the generation more gaiva. He fire, fire, gaiva. I know what he means. Gaiva, let's go. We're big stuff. We're big stuff. It's not a, and the Yitzhahara will tell you, mean for you. We all like feel like we're underachievers. We're big just by our etzim. Did I do enough? Stop. Stop. First day of Pesach, we're not even counting to Kabbal Satar yet. Hashem desires me, wants me, is into me. Before, what do you mean? Uh, did I do enough? Am I, we're enough. We're very much. Do, do you know? You know what happened? Yes, there's no shaykhs. You're clueless. There's no shaykhs. A lot went down in Egypt, and Hashem said, I want you. A lot went down. Look, what happened in Egypt stays in Egypt. And He says, He wants us out. He wants us. The Rabbi Shalom wants us. It's a truth. It's simply a truth. Do we have challenges? Of course, we're human. We're very human. We're very, very human. This girl calling, this, ba- this wonderful Bas Yisrael calling, she's crying what she's done. I've done, you've done, we've all done. We're all human. We're human with human frailties, but we're tremendous. But Hashem wants us. And the night of, Kabbal, of, 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 of celebrating that Hashem chose us and wants us, we don't start to count. The count represents the tikkun. It represents the fixing up, the preparing. The, before we do that, we recognize tonight's not the night to start the tikkun. It's the night to recognize Hashem wants me. He's into me. That's the night to chap that. He's into me. After I chap, he's into me. It's the, Pesach's 10th grade. 12th happens, 11th, 12th is Pesach's 10th grade. We only 10th grade all our lives. Hashem's into me. I'm big stuff. I count. Big stuff, and I count. It's a, it's a truth. Now, this is not. This is this is the rush. Darchaschaim la rush, who says this is the Indian of the seder night, that Hashem is chayker kloyos v'leiv, that Hashem is checking out darke yisha means I'm big stuff that I count. That's what Yitzias Mitzrayim means. Egypt's a place of darkness, malezima, where people feel they don't care, nothing matters. Me Hashem, Hashem doesn't know me, so I don't know him. That's Mitzrayim. But you see us, Mitzrayim is that a person's chashem and he counts. So I think it's a long akdama to introduce somebody who his mission and his, what Raizon has done for years in yeshiva, is a bacher sits and learns Tarit Raizon and learns that he's chashem and he counts. Where's Zaycha? You see Elio Pearl, he's from the biggest B'nai Tyre. His, uh, his Rebbe called me up. He said, you deserve this call. It really was meant to go to Rabbi Zon and describe these... 
the, the he said he's the top guy in the yeshiva. The mitzuyanim. He wanted a call about the chaver and the The four guys mitzuyanim, mitzuyanim mamish. And Elio is first his rebbe who, who they learned together was and Rizon is it's not like it's not like Rizon is looking oh my goodness look at Elio because it's like he knew he saw it the whole time he saw it the whole time we have tremendous nachas I want to welcome Elio and thank him <laughs> it's inspiring to see the Ben the Ben he is and the Kesher to his rebbe Rizon. I want to ask Raizon to share a few words with the Chevra. I want to thank Raizon for what he is in the yeshiva. He's like the front lines, mamish the front lines. I thank him for all that he does for the yeshiva, for us all. And ask everybody to turn their attention to Raizon. One of the, uh, <clears throat> so thank you very much. Uh, I like that Pesach is 10th grade. Any, any plug for the 10th grade is, uh, it's positive. One of the reasons why I enjoy, <clears throat> one of the many reasons that I love living in Blue Ridge is because on any given Shabbos, and I don't ask. I don't ask like I never ask Rabbi Kalish who you're having for Shabbos. I, I like to walk into shul and not know who, who might be there. This is my favorite time of the year by far. I try to like express it to the guys and, and tell them, you know, come back for the last four days. There's going to be a lot of alumni. It's not always a, not always a talking point with some of the 10th graders. But um, certainly having all the guys come back. And you just never know who's going to walk into the base Medrash from wh- what, what year. It's almost like... I don't know what year I'm in. I see certain guys walking around together. It's very, uh, but it's but it's very enjoyable, and certainly watching the guys grow is a tremendous. Uh, just gives a lot of chizuk. It's one of my favorite times of the year. You know, we all learn things. Well, I find I learn a lot of things from the guys and also from their parents. You know, Rabbi Shapiro, for most of you, is a rebbe. For me, it's a parent of one of my guys who's sitting across the. Looking at me the entire day, you know, I have a parent in the in the base matters watching me. Uh, you know, I have to be on my A game every single day. Um, you know, what what pastries did I bring? Were they, you know, we're always there is a there is an unspoken competition. And now I'm speaking it out, but there is definitely a competition. Um, you know, who has what at their table? <clears throat> Certainly, keeping up with uh, not just a rebbe but a parent of one of my guys is of Eitan is uh, has been a challenge and. I'll be honest, yesterday we had a 10th grade shear here and um, I mean we were having shear and it really wasn't my fault that everyone decided to get together in our shear room. Um, I apologize if there was any noise but we were, you know, we were having shear and I did not hear uh, what Rabbi Shapiro or other Rebbeim had said. So I went back last night on my way back home from the concert just to hear. Uh, I, didn't wanna, I didn't wanna be repetitive, I skimmed through, I didn't have hour and 26 minutes, but I was able to skim through and, and hear the basic gist of what everybody said. Not sure if I could tell, you know, say, I, you know, I'm still contemplating what Rabbi Shapiro said. I was going to say something because it's the day later, but also somehow Rabbi Brownstein, Rabbi Yitz, uh, managed, like, 
it ended right before he spoke in his mysterious ways. He wasn't he wasn't on the recording. I'm assuming he had something to I'm assuming he had something to do with that. So I don't know, but I don't know exactly what uh, I'm, I'm guessing. We're not going to overlap, but just a very quick point. You know, something that we've talked about a lot is I, I think there's a certain and I don't know what the answer is necessarily, but there is a certain downside to learning about things when we're younger because we develop a very unsophisticated uh, approach and understanding to certain things. I feel like Yitzhiya Mitzrayim and Pesach is one of those times where it's hard to get, you know, like when we think about B'nai Yisrael and Mitzrayim, our natural inclination is, you know, you know, you kind of have like a very um, unsophisticated understanding and, you know, if you look through the Midrashim and you look through the, you know, Chazal, there's so much depth to, to the Makos and how, it, and how they were done beyond, you know, the big frog that was hit. And, you know, and again, these are, these are all, like Rabbi Farkas mentioned yesterday, you know, it, it's emes, you know, what, a, what our children say at the, at the Seder and what, and what we see in Chazal, it's, they're both true. But I feel like there's a certain, and I think we get caught in just our, our old understandings. We approach the Seder. It's important to come into the Seder with, a, with an approach uh, and a plan. Because to a certain extent, otherwise you get caught up in that. I know this already, and like I've heard this so many times before, and my sister has to say over her entire Haggadah, and you know, we, we, we're, you know, we're, we get caught up um, in, in just uh, in the pressures of having the longest Seder or Elio Pearl, I think they win the prize. I think they finish at five o'clock every morning. I don't know, you know. You know, every every morning, the next morning, you know, we always have that. You know, who who have time? Did you finish? What time did you finish? Some people try to finish. One of the guys this morning was saying they they try to finish earlier in their community. Who had the earlier seder? You know, I guess everybody has different things. But my father, my father, um, started something a few years ago, which honestly has changed my whole my whole approach to Pesach, my my sedarim, and I just I, I would like to share with you his. And maybe this is simple. Maybe everyone has done this. I don't know. But to me, it was for us, it was different. It wasn't what we had done. Um, certainly, if you're running a seder, I think it's helpful. But many times, you're you're in a, you're at a table and you're not you're not in control. And you like you do have the younger siblings who have you know spent many many hours on their haggados and want to say things. Or you are there is pressure for time. Or you have a lot of people there. Or you know maybe you have to finish sooner. You're rushed. Whatever it is. So. Someone told my father that he, every single year, he picks a different, a different focus of the Seder. Every single year, he picks a different topic, or some midah, or something to focus on that allows him to, every, at every point during the Seder, at every point over Pesach, he looks into that specific midah, or that specific thing. Last year in my house, our, our, we focused specifically on Hakar Satov. And we went through the Seder, like we went through the different things. With the Bnei Yisrael, Hakar Sadov, the Bnei Yisrael had Hakar Sadov that we have for things that happened, you know, then. Uh, if we wouldn't have been taken out, just different, different aspects of Hakar Sadov. And, and it's, a, it's a nice way to make things practical. So, you know, just in terms of, you know, Rabbi, yesterday it was brought up, Rabbi Shapiro and Rabbi Farkas and, you know, I think the other Rabbi Mosa, Muna is a big, a big... Um, is the focus of, of, of Pesach, you know, just the understanding of everything that went on um, in Mitzrayim and then being brought out of Mitzrayim and Hashem's involvement in our lives. So this year it happens to be, I mean, I've been thinking about the Seder for the last few weeks. 
you just decided to be home. But in general, even like I said, even if you're at someone else's seder, it doesn't have to be. It's something that you're doing in your own seat. You could be thinking about something else. Our topic this year is Hashkacha Pratis. I think Hashkacha Pratis is one of those things that growing up we have, we're, we're given a, a false sense I think, of what exactly Hashkacha Pratis is. And I think it very much impacts our, our ability to connect and to have emuna. Any story your, your Rebbe ever told you in elementary school about Ashkacha Pratis was positive. I was in a car and I was about to go to work and I just remembered that I had something in the house. I ran inside and it, I came out, there was a tree smashed on my car. I didn't get onto the train and, and uh, thank God I missed, uh, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't there on 9-11. You know, every story that we hear of Ashkocha Pratis is, is positive. What does Ashkocha Pratis mean? Ashkocha Pratis means specific Hashkocha. You know, Hashem is involved. He's looking. He's looking on me. He's, he's checking into my life. It's me, specifically. And we see that. We see that, in a specific, we see that specifically. And I think we're taught almost to think about Ashkocha Pratis in terms of the positives and positive things. The ability to connect to Hashem and His involvement in our lives, I think in an immature way, in an unsophisticated way, and that's not our fault, but I think a lot of us do that when it comes to positive things. Oh, Hashem saved my life. Wow. Hashem loves me. Hashem, uh, you know, this, this positive, I, I suddenly found uh, some money that I, that I needed. Wow, Hashem saved me. This uh, organization needed exactly this amount and they found exactly that amount of money, like to the penny. Wow, Hashem loves us. If a guy's having a bad day and, and like wherever, any which way he turns, something bad is happening. Hashkacha Pratis is absolutely, is absolutely when bad things are happening to us. You know, sometimes you have, you just, every which way you turn, some, every which way you turn, it's just not going the way you want, you know. I, I wish this would happen, you know, and, and, and the exact opposite happens, you know. And then you, and then this, and then you turn the other way and it's again the exact opposite. And, and you realize, like, you're in Hashem's, you know, crosshairs. You're, you're, you know, Hashem is, Hashem, is, Hashem is very much involved in your life. That is, that is Hashkacha Pratis, and you very much can connect to Hashem through that type of Hashkacha Pratis. No question. No question. I don't think, we think, I don't think that we think about that when we, when we think about connecting to Hashem and Hashem's involvement. Um, but it is, it is 100% true you know, I had a friend, you know, I think it's easy from a distance. Sometimes we see people going through something difficult and we have a hard time. We have a lot of questions and we try to understand, like, why, why, why is that happening? I, when I was in yeshiva, one of, one of my best friends lost his brother. He was 32 years old and he had two little, two little girls. And... I remember the Levaya was like a very difficult Levaya, like everybody was there and, and we all had questions, you know, this, you know, we saw him from a distance, but we all had like a lot of questions. And anyone who was speaking, who got up to speak would say, you know, two little girls and the whole place would erupt in like, in a, in a what I would call a very unsophisticated, you know, but natural emotion. We, we, we felt bad. There's two girls who don't have a father, there's an Amana, you know, and I was blown away by something that happened at this Levaya that really... Like it changed my, like, per, like my whole perspective on things. The last person to speak was this person's father. And he got up to speak. And in the most amazing way, he was the most composed person in the room. Not that he wasn't emotional, he was crying. But he, he in a certain way, was able to comfort everybody in the whole room. 
And, and it, like I was asking myself, like, how is it possible that somebody, if anyone could have questions, you know, if anyone should have tainas, if anyone should be asking, like, why is this happening? It was him, you know, he just lost his son and he has two little grandchildren who don't have a father. And it dawned upon me after a few weeks of thinking about it that, you know, people who are involved directly in an asylum and in something difficult, they, they see Hashem's Yad like every single day, you know. Imagine, imagine knowing, forget the good or bad for a second, imagine you, you could see Hashem involved in your life, making decisions for you every single day for a few years straight. That would be like incredible, right? That would be like, wow, Hashem, God, right? We believe in Hashem. It's taking the time out of His day. We may not understand it, but He's involved in my life, literally, every single second of every single day for, for years. You know, we go through our day sometimes. Yeah, I, get, I go to work and this and that. Nothing happens. We don't have the opportunity to think, you know. And certainly when positive things happen, we always see that, oh, what an amazing way to connect to Hashem. But... But imagine, you know, and I'm sure he saw the tremendous growth that his son had through the, you know, he came to yeshiva days when he was clearly not, you know, very, very weak. He was trying to finish. He was trying to learn for smicha at the time. And just, you know, in a very unsophisticated way, sometimes from a distance, we have a hard time understanding why things are happening. Because we don't see the, in, the, the, the ins and outs of, of what's happening. But when you're in it, you know, sometimes all the time, you realize, not just when good things are happening, but even when things don't seem to be, you know, good, um, you know, Hashem certainly is, is involved. So just one example, just one example of what, what we hope to be focusing on this year, or I'm going to be focusing on this year, you know, and um, again, you look at this at, the, at, at, at Pesach, and certainly there's a lot to focus on. Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, receiving the Torah, but, but being in Mitzrayim also, imagine for 210 years, and, you know, all the things that led up and when things didn't look so good, the involvement that Hashem clearly had every step of the way, and sometimes we never find out why. You know, we have the ability in history to look back and say, this is why this was happening. But, we, you know, it doesn't mean that we always know why, but just the ability to, um, to connect to Hashem through what happened in Mitzrayim, A, I think we should try... Just go in and try to find something. Take one point that we know from when we were younger and say, I'm going to be more sophisticated. I'm, I'm going to look into this a little bit deeper. Maybe it's the Makos. Maybe it's Dayenu. Maybe it's Chad You know, Maybe it's something that, that you always just glossed over and remembered from second grade. And B, I think it's always helpful to have a something. It doesn't have to be this. You know, We were discussing this morning. We've been learning Tomer Devorah and Yishir for the last month. You know, the idea of focusing on the midos of Hashem and, and thinking about how we can maybe emulate those midos. Look, at the, look, look through, the, look through the, the story of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim and, and all those parashios and the different character traits of Hashem and, and, and how we can maybe work on our personal relationships through those, through those midos. That could be something, again, for every person it could be their own thing. It could be kas, it could be anything, any type of you know, patience, whatever it is, however you want to apply it. I think that will be helpful. And uh, I think that would be something that would uh, certainly benefit us and um, make our pay, uh, enhance our Pesach. Thank you.
I want to say, I want to say that he, Rizon expressed how excited he is. Guys are here. We feel how excited he is. Every parent loves their kid. The question is not, do you love your kid? The question is, does your kid feel that you love him? Many of your parents, can, you know, I love you. And the kid's saying, not that you don't, the kid can, the parent does love, the kid's saying, I don't feel it. I don't experience it. I want to say on Reb Zom that his excitement for the guys coming, I, I've seen a case where Rebbe was like bemoaning that his Talmudim don't come back when they return from Eretz Not here. And he, what he's saying is, I love the guys, don't they happen? And the answer is, they don't. You do love them, but it's not a question, do you love them? It's a question is, do they feel that you love them? And I want to say in Ribzon that he's expressing how, he's ex- how excited he is the guys come back. It's amazing how many guys have come back. Every single one of you that have come back home is appreciated. And what's amazing, it's not easy just to pop in. Guys have jobs. Guys can't always get cars. And the amounts that have come back is staggering encouraging and what it says to me Elio Pearl being here says to me not just where zone is so excited that you're here it means that you hop it that's why you're here because you hop that is that excited so I want to thank Rizone. he expressed an honest person who expressed that his favorite days of the year the guys coming back I want him to know that the guys are not here that and that's why the guys are here I want to thank Sammy Sabwitz for being here <laughs> the Midas Tavis, the Midas Tavis, when he was on campus, when he was here for the year, the place was happier because of him. In his happiness, we were all, the Simcha Sachayim, the kindness, the gentleness, the positivity that the man just exudes. It leaks from him happiness and positivity. It means so much that you're back home. Welcome back home. That. Yehuda, Yehuda Rottenberg is back from Eretz Yisrael. He's intelligent. He's somebody, he's a Talmud Movak of Rai Wisniki. And he's somebody who's bright, who understands, who's grown tremendously in Eretz Yisrael. But really, a, a, a tremendous journey of growth. We're very, very thankful that you're back home. Welcome home. To have the captain back, Usher Ackerman's back. I'm thankful Usher's here. Here's Usher. I'm thankful you're here, Usher. Usher is one of the leaders, has always been in the yeshiva. I want to thank Usher publicly. There are a group of people who, who take, take a lot of time to spread the Torah and to share the Torah that's learned in yeshiva. And Usher was one of the starters and leaders of that, somebody who took a significant time and took it seriously to record the shiurim, edit the shiurim, take out what's supposed to be taken out, and do what needs to be done to get it out. I want to thank Usher tremendously for all the work in that sense, and just thankful that you're back home. One of my highlights, when I went to, when I went to Eretz Yisrael, one of my highlights, and I came back, I shared with Raizon and anybody else who would listen, was seeing Yehuda Notice learn Gemara with his Chavrusa, and just to see Yehuda Steiging, the way he's Steiging is phenomenal. For anybody who knows, I could speak a lot about Yehuda Notice, but I want to say, Yeshiva, I care a lot about relationships, you might be shocked, and 
Yehuda's connection to his mama, to his Helga mama, I could say, I'm just telling you what I felt. When I saw him steiging, I first of all felt happy because I love Yehud and I saw success. I saw somebody who was tasting tremendous success. But I have to be honest, my mind came to his mama, to that Kesher, that tremendous Kesher to a Yiddish mama. Ani Abdecha ben Amasecha, wonderful relationship to a mother. So I want to thank Yehuda Notice for coming home and wish him continued atzlach and I want to welcome Yosef. Yosef's back home. I thank Yosef from there. Coming from, he's actually now learning in Shayashiv. But it means, when, when have you last been here, Yosef? Wow, it's a, okay. Welcome home. B'shavu vanim l'gvulam. To have Yosef back home is appreciated tremendously. Amazing. Really, really special to have you back. I want to say that the last, I haven't focused enough, the last 24 hours to be in the presence of somebody who's from the starters, from the initial builders of the yeshiva, his idealism still impacts the yeshiva. To have Yosef Rubin back home and back in yeshiva is the right thing. I want to introduce the... the I want to introduce the next Rebbe and the impact he's had in every yeshiva, the dream. The dream is somebody learned in yeshiva and come back and, and teaches in the yeshiva. That's like the dream of the yeshiva, that somebody came from Kaisle based Medrash and now is returning, giving, and it's been exhilarating. It's nothing short of exhilarating to see Ray Silverman, to see him give and interact and band with, with, with his Talmidim and with the Chevra that's in that year and to watch the guys be mechazek. In the yeshiva there's a phenomenon that you, we're, we're, we're holding on the Wednesday, the last day of this man, and guys are improving. It's not a safe man place. It's not a place where day one is on fire, then at the end of this man, guy, it's the opposite. The end of this man will like, Mayor Resnick looks like I wouldn't be. Hashem should make it. Come on, it should snow today. He's in the middle of the winter, Doch. He's grabbing each day, each opportunity. And to watch Rai Silverman share, guys are making more stardom, being mechazic to come to share more. They're increasing and growing in beautiful, beautiful ways. And really, Rai Silverman, the, the bentire that he is and the impact he's having on his Talmidim and the whole yeshiva is exhilarating. It's actually pretty cool that always the center was the base medrash and there was one shear, I was snicky, had an oil there. Now with two shearum there, there's like Pasha, two centers. There's a whole, Rai Zone spoke about the competition, who has better food there. There's two, there are two big centers. There are 12th graders going there to, the, to that base medrash next door to have the two shiurim thriving there is phenomenal, really phenomenal. So without further ado, I'm going to ask Ray Silverman to share some thoughts with the island. Thank you, I find it. I find it fascinating. Seder night is like the, it's like the biggest party of the year for sure. We're all like, we're supposed to be kings. We put out all, all the nicest stuff. Um, we're celebrating our freedom. And um, comes the Balagada and says, um, we're, we're, we're still slaves. He, uh, he, he, pops the, he pops the party a little, you know? He's like, um, we say, Halach Ma'anya, right? We, in the end of that, that paragraph in Aramaic, it says, Hoshato Avde, we're still slaves. 
L'shana haba b'nechar, and next year we'll be free. So what are we doing? If we're still slaves, what are we, what are we celebrating freedom for? So I think, firstly, it's obvious that, that we're not celebrating just a historical event. Um, we just don't, we don't necessarily do that usually. Um, something that doesn't impact us and affect us today, we're not going to, that's not something that we celebrate. Um, and secondly, I'm saying if you imagine someone who was enslaved and then became free and then became enslaved again, he's not going to celebrate the first time he became free. He's, he's still a slave. Um, so I think, I think the idea, um, the idea that the Balagot is teaching us, the Pshat and, and what's going on on Seder night um, is something that we talk about a lot in this yeshiva. And a lot of times I think I actually learned this from Rabbi Zone. Some, the way that it's given over sometimes make it, makes it seem very easy. Um, and it's not something easy. I'm speaking from personal experience. Um, a lot of times we, we, get, we, we, we embark on something. We decide to take something on. We decide to deal with something that's going on in our lives. And we get somewhere, but we're not exactly where we want to be or where we need to be. And it's very hard to look at ourselves and... and Firstly, feel like you experienced anything. Um, for sure, not to be uh, to, to 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 celebrate what you've done. Even right, you're not. You're you're still you're still stuck. Um, when we speak about like celebrating success, or, or I I think the same term is freedom. Freedom is not necessarily a uh, exactly um, everywhere where we feel like we should be. Um, we could experience freedoms even if we're. Um, we're not finished. Um, I see people who, who, who decide to deal with something in their lives for the first time. People in, who are 18, people who are 20, 25, and they decide that they're going to deal with something in their lives. And it took this person 18 years to come to, to, to build the fortitude to be able to engage with whatever he's dealing with. And... A lot of people are stuck with like feelings of like there's so much to do. Like, no, it's hard to stop and realize the monumental thing that the person just did by by deciding to engage in something that has been has been hidden his whole life or something that he has not been dealing with his whole life. And that feeling that 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 I believe is a feeling of freedom. I think that's really what we're we're the idea that we're celebrating Yitzias and Shrine. Something happened that that affects us today. We're still slaves, but we're in the middle of something. We're going to still stop and we're going to celebrate the freedoms that we have experienced. Um, it's, it's actually, Agav, I, my sister once told me, I think it's a similar pshat, I think it's true. I just like the pshat. We say in Dayenu, um, there's like a famous question that it says, Had Hashem brought us to Harasinai, if God brought us to Harasinai, but He didn't give us the Torah, it would have sufficed. That's not suffocated, sufficed. It would have sufficed us. Um, it would have been enough. So people, uh, it's a famous quote, it would have been enough, we didn't have the Torah. So I heard from my, from my older sister, she said, we wouldn't have had the Torah, but we, would have celeb- we still would have celebrated the, the Kirvas Hashem that we experienced at Harsina. That's what, that's, what, that's what it means, Diana. Um, I think is, the same, is a very similar idea. Is that the night of, of, of we're, we're celebrating freedom. We're bringing out all the things, we're, 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 we're completely free, even though we're not. There's still a lot more to go. Um... We say in the Haggadah also, it says, In every generation, 
a person is obligated to view himself as if he is leaving uh, Egypt. He's in the Exodus. So uh, it could just say that a person is obligated, right? What's, what's, it should say a person is obligated to view himself as if he's leaving. It says in every generation. So I think the message, the pshat that's coming, the of the door, is that in every generation there are specific, um, well, besides for the, a person who, who would like to experience someone else's freedom, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to experience freedom that Claudius Yisrael felt. Someone who's never felt a feeling of freedom in his life can't really experience someone else's freedom. So I believe what the Balagod is saying, and Bechol Dorvadar Chayev Adam Liros is saying, the way to do that in every generation, there's specific things that in that generation, that generation struggles, challenges, that individual struggles, challenges, the things that they're going through. If they could tap into those things and realize that, that and, and celebrate the successes and the things that they have accomplished, even if they're not exactly where they want to be. If a person could tap into those things, they can, they can celebrate someone else's freedom as well. Um, I think that's a behold over there. In every generation, we use our generation's things, the things that we're individually going through. That's our way to experience freedom. And then we could experience someone else's freedom as well. Um, as, as friends, as, as Bez Hashem parents, we all will have the ability to create environments of freedom for others. Um, we mentioned, I, I said this a few, when was Yonah's Bar Mitzvah What was it? It says in Parshas Va'era, the Pasuk says, Va'idaber Hashem el Moshe v'Aaron. Hashem spoke to Moshe and Aaron, Va'itzavim el Bnei Yisrael. He commanded them regarding Bnei Yisrael, Ve'el Paro Melch Mitzrayim, and regarding Paro, Paro, the king of Egypt, Lahotzi es Bnei Yisrael Meretz Mitzrayim, to take Klal Yisrael out of Egypt. So if you read the Pasuk, it, makes, it doesn't make so much sense. Why is Moshe and Aaron commanding, what, what do Klal Yisrael have to do with leaving Egypt? Say God should tell Moses and Aaron, Moshe and Aaron, to tell Paro to let the Jews out of Egypt. What, what are they telling Klal Yisrael in that passage? So Rashi says, the words of Rashi are, He commanded them to lead them to, to be compassionate, to be empathetic. Um, and if you plug back into the passage, I think what the passage is saying is that even if Klal Yisrael is still in Egypt, even if they're still feeling like they're enslaved, but they have people around them that that listen to them, that understand them, that try to empathize with their, with their matzah, with the, what they're in, that they, they will already experience the freedom. Um, there's there's Yitzhak Mitzrayim in that. Even though we're not completely out of Egypt yet, we're not completely out of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, someone who empathizes, who's there for us, who understands, who listens, um, and a person for sure can also try for themselves. You don't need to necessarily look for someone else. You could try to empathize, understand, love, and validate yourself. Um... And the last thing that I just want, one more, one more thing I would add, potentially. Yeah, one more thing. Is that um, it says in the Haggadah, there's four sons in the Haggadah. So the third or fourth son, I forgot. If the, the last son is the son who's She'ena Yodei Elisha'ol. He does not know how to ask. He doesn't know how to ask. So I don't think that it's not, it's not talking about someone who can't ask, someone who, who knows how to think, but he has a hard time asking questions. It's not saying someone who can't ask. Someone who can't ask a question, in my mind, means that he cannot formulate questions in his head. It means he's lacking in his thought processes. Um, someone who can think, but then he should be able to ask. He might not want to ask, but he should be able to ask. The one who can't ask, I believe, means that he can't think. So why are we calling him the son who can't think, who, who can't ask? He should be, that's just an expression of his issue, of his lack of um, ability to think. Um, he should be called the son who can't think. 
So I think I think what the mess the pshat and the she'ena yodeli shol is that a lot of times children or even adults they feel uncomfortable with with the thoughts that they have, the questions that they want to ask. They feel shut down. They feel like they can't um, they can't ask certain things. They can't tell people what they're actually thinking. And I think at a young age, if a child experiences that, I, I'm fairly certain it could change a person's actual thought processes, I believe. That if a person, firstly, a child has someone else's thoughts always in his head, will this be accepted, will it not be accepted? Um, the feelings of shame and guilt about what they are thinking could cause a person to shut down um, their own thought processes. So I think that what the Haggadah is telling us is Sheol is saying, this is the root issue. The root issue is that he wasn't allowed to ask. He didn't feel safe in an environment to, to express his own thoughts, his own feelings, the way that he, um, the way that he thinks. Um, and I think that the message is for, for sure for the parents in the, in the Haggadah who are, trying to, uh, who are trying to give over this message is Shein your daily show. Teach your son that he could be safe thinking the way that he thinks and, 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 and asking the questions that he does. And he'll experience freedom and probably the parents will also experience freedom. And I hope that Bezer Shem, we should, we should all be zoichet to tap into the freedoms that we've experienced in our lives and ultimately together all experience the, the ultimate freedom, the mayor of Yemenush. Beautiful. Rai Silverman started with that we celebrated Tzias Mitzrayim, and yet this funny thing that we're still Akat, we're still Avadim. So we're still Avadim, Ashat Hacha, we're still here, we're still Avadim, we celebrate. Rai Silverman said that we have a beginning of getting out, and we continuously work on getting out. There's really an issue I always was confused by, Viggy. Mitzad Echad, Avram Avinu is called Bechir Ha'avais. I'm sorry, Avram Avinu, we call Magen Avram. We say the shield of Avram. And on the one hand, Avram is considered, we say Magen Avram, we highlight Avram, we don't say Magen Avram Yitzchak Yaakov. In Birch HaSa'avais, where we start at Lekei Avram, Lekei Yitzchak, Lekei Yaakov, but we end, we close Magen Avram. We don't say Magen Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. We seem to single out Avram as the greatest. Yet, Chazal tell us Yaakov Avinu's Bechir Ha'avos. He's the choices of, just to schedule Rabbi say, we're going to have, we're going to hear from Rav Ezi Shlita and Rai Glazer, and then we'll have lunch, and then we'll have the final tournament. We're asking everybody to come at 2 o'clock. With the final tournament to this man, let the oil. I want Levi, the whole chevra. It means a lot that Levi Perlman is here. He's talented, brilliant, and it means to see his success is gishmak. Baruch Shuster is here, amazing. We're asking everybody to come join. We want to see Viggy hit some more threes. Everybody will join. That'll be two o'clock. Musa will begin Be'ezer Hashem immediately following the tournament at three forty-five. Four. So Musa will be the final Musa of this man, but that's going to take place at what? Four o'clock. But two o'clock will be a tournament. All are invited. We get to watch Mike Gross one more time. So please, please join. Get Zach, Hootie, the whole Chevra. We'll convince Avi. This one, join Avi. It's the last one. The Chevra wants to see Avi go again at two o'clock, Avila. So now the... The contradiction that Mitzarechad Avram Avinu, we say Magen Avram, which seems to highlight him as the biggest of the others. Mitzad Sheni, 
we say Yaakov Avinu, Chazal say is Bechir HaAvais, the choiciest of the Avais. You don't have to look further than the Shivtei Ka, Klal Yisrael, the Banim, come from Yaakov Avinu. There seems to have been something missing till you got to Yaakov Avinu. It didn't start from Avram Avinu, yes. But it seems that Yaakov was some final step. But that clearly something was waiting. There's a reason Hashem, after Avram, no, not yet. The Jewish people didn't form yet. There was something, there was an advancement that still needed in the others. And the answer is that we celebrate the starter. That's the answer. Now the Torah says that Pesach is Keneged Avram. Pesach's Avram, Shavuos is Yitzchak, and Sukkot is Yaakov Avinu. And what Rai Silverman said that the starting point is Chashuv, and the beginning counts and matters, is so important today. People so badly rip themselves. I'm not where I'm supposed to be at yet. I'm underachieving this. We're enough and we're good and we're excellent. We're enough, we're good and we're excellent. That's a big Indian of Pesach. Pesach is the Aschala. We're good. Statements of affirmation, understand, and it's not cute. It's truth. It's truth. It's truth. And there's a tremendous, Reb Nachman, Reb Nachman pounded this. This was like the Torah's Reb Nachman that he pounded this, this Torah and this reality that we're supposed to know. Welcome home, Dani and Zevi. Before we introduce Reb Ezi Shlita, this is so not nice, and I promise I love Zevi for who he is. When he walks into my house anytime, the sunlight just comes out. Zevi walks in to have Zevi, Dani the Bentaira. Dani is a fiery Bentaira. Dani, and I want to ask, while, while we're going to thank Hashem, I'm going to ask Zevi to sing Atayv, but I want those two precious relatives. If Dani and Ellie Donowitz can come up. Dani and Ellie Donowitz, come up, come up, come up. Sit right. Where's, El, where's Ellie Donowitz? Sit right next to uh, From the biggest military in Yeshiva today, from the biggest military in Yeshiva yesterday. Thank you, Danny. If I could ask, if I could ask Zevi to come up to sing that toy without a guitar, I just want to hear your voice. Come, come, come. You can ask that. Then we'll hear from Rebezi. Zevi, come. You planning out the song? Mayor, do you know, Mayor Rick, do you know what type? Oh, you don't want to hear me sing it. You'll hear how it goes. I want you to learn this song. After Pesach, I want to rock this song. You'll learn this one, Hatayv. Where's Shloyma Guri? Where's Shloyma? Could you sing with him? Come, come right here. We're holding a little early. Time has frozen, Hebra. Lunch, we're early. Lunch is not the 135, 140. We'll hear from Rebezi. We'll hear from Mike Laser. Time has froze. Yeah, I want to hear you. I want to hear you. Unless you think it's better with the guitar. like it. Like with the guitar? 
They'll do it. Learn how to tell you, and then we can write the zone made a request. To lace up today, anybody's misopic, please play. Usher Ackerman just came back from a tremendous man 
Give him good games. So I asked the Hever, if you're Mesupik, should I lace up or not? Maish Gross just came back from a wonderful Zman. Give him a good game and lace up. Sammy wants to run around. Give Sammy a good game. Yo, yo, let's get the whole Hever to lace up. Maish, get the Hever to run. Two o'clock. Rabbi say it's an honor to hear some Divrei Torah from Rabbi Shlita. Without further ado. Let's go. Let's go. I can't hear. There's an expression that comes from the Mahita that you may have heard in your earlier years in elementary school. The Mahita would get up and would say something along the lines of, I'm speaking now to my Rabbi side, I'm not talking to anyone here, I'm talking to myself. I'm gonna criticize I'm you know looking up. I'm gonna criticize myself. It's like you now it could be you heard that from your Rebbe once. But this is an old expression that goes back to my either from years in you know back in, in the rubble like this is this is a manner of speech and I don't blame anyone here if they would uh, if they would sort of um, understand that expression with a dose of cynicism, to put it mildly. You know, we came to here, you know, you came all the way here, or we came to you, there's a crowd here. How often are you sitting there talking to yourself while, you know, there's no one around for a while, so I'm gonna talk to myself now. If anybody else is out there, you know, just talking to the trees, just in case, you know. So it's, it's, it, there's a tough, there's obviously, it could be used in a dishonest sense to say, I'm just talking to myself. It's really like an apologetic cliche there's really two fronts. There's two fronts. The way you heard it from your Rebbe, I, I, I don't blame you. I, I don't know your Rebbe. I don't know yourself. Whatever. I'm not judging it. But the way you may have heard it in your early boyhood is in the sense of an apologetic cliche that I really mean to say, I'm going to, you, know, you know, brace up. You know, <laughs> I'm going to lace it. I'm not talking to you, though. You know, it's just a means of way. It's a way of saying, I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to me. You know, I'm about to rip you about your cell phone about talking during davening. The likelihood is that I'm not, that I don't talk during valuing, and I'm ready to rip you about it, so it's an apologetic way. I'm talking to myself about something that I don't need to work on, that you do need to work on. If you're not comfortable hearing it, I'm not comfortable saying it, so let's be comfortable about it. I'm talking to myself, not me. But it's below, but it's below, below. If, you, if you look at it, though, I just want, but I, what I do want to point out, and this is what I've been doing a lot of these um, talks Friday night, which, Baruch Hashem, is usually the floor is like this, where you're welcome to leave. You're not welcome to leave because Ray Blazer comes after me, and I'm, I'm, I'm very aware of that. I mean, mindful, God, it. But there, if you look at it with this Slovakia perspective, if Rabbi Sorol Sawanter said, I don't know if you ever said it, I don't know if you he definitely gave off that vibe, if you will. But Rabbi Sorol Sawanter would say something like, I'm actually talking to myself. That's what he meant. 
Meaning, I don't, I, I, I can't help you as much. There's only so much I can, you know, I'm here to work on myself. You know, the famous statement you saw a lot I worked on myself that I want to change the world, but when I work on myself, that's how I change the world. You, where you're holding, I don't know. I, you know, I'll do whatever. I'm, 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 I'm here to work on myself. I know what I need to work on. I know what needs to take on. I, you, join me. I'm, I'm going to talk a lot. Victor Miller was a lot like that. I don't know if you ever, he didn't say those words. But he would, but when someone said, you know, give me, talk to me. He said, I'm going on a walk now. You're welcome to join. And he spoke that way. He says, this is what I hold. This is where I'm up to. This is what I think life's about. And I have every suspicion that you will disagree with everything I'm going to say tonight. So, the heck with you. He didn't say it that way. He said it much worse. You know, <laughs> I have to you know, be here. I don't have to be with you. You don't have to be with me. I am really here. I'm talking to Hashem, myself. You know, I, 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 I've not, you have nothing to do with me. I have nothing to do with you. Let's just get that off the table. That there's absolutely no relationship here. But you're welcome to join me on this non-relationship. And that's what you want. And tell me to. That would actually walk with you in the middle. He's like, can I walk with you? He's like, can we talk and learn? He's like, no, absolutely not. I have a chabrus of me, and I'm going to be learning with you. You're welcome to join. And people gain tremendously from that because he's doing that. It's an expression that has been that has suffered tremendous. I don't know if it's been used lately. I'm not that much out there, but I have every. I, I respect you if you roll your eyes. Yeah, right. If a guy today says, "I'm talking to myself," not you. Are you all laughed? Oh, <laughs> I was actually hoping you hear. I was hoping you would overhear me talking to myself because I really wasn't talking about that. But when we, yeah, Alter Slobodka, he was talking to himself. He was talking to himself. You? Good. you. Come, listen, don't listen, I don't care. I'm not talking to myself, I'm talking to you. But I, I, the reason why I say this is because there's an element that, I, that I'm feeling. I'm sharing with you my, my, um, uh, of my perspective, what I'm feeling. I can't tell you what you're feeling, and I sometimes get offended when some will say, you know, we often feel, this is how we feel in life. This is, you know, this is the way I, I, I you know, I know many people and I know how you, you don't, I don't know how, you can tell me how you, so I'll tell you how I feel at the very lengthy in this introduction. I hope that I have very little left to say, or you hope that I have very little to say, or I don't know how you feel, but I'll tell you how I feel. What I'm thinking is as follows, there was last night I was dancing, we were dancing, as with Joey Shalita, who I'm a very, very huge fan of all of us, I don't know if you are, I'll tell you that I am. <laughs> Joey said, when he was saying, Ashrinu Atopakini, I'll tell you what I was thinking, and, I, and I've expressed it, I've spoken about this with Rav Kalish in a very uh, uh, private, I had Yechidus with the Rebbe. We were able to discuss this point, and he, he, he sort of gave me perspective, but, I'm, I'm, but I still struggle with him. When we were saying Ashrinu Matur Kalkeinu, of course with Joey meant Ashrinu Matur Kalkeinu, that we're yet at Gishmak to be a Yid. But you can't help but think that we have something, and it's, it's like a shut you have to have, and I, don't, I, I suspect that I'm not alone in this feeling, that others, that we're, we're, we have, I, I was dancing with Chaveirim last night when we were saying Ashrinu Matur it's a very special, we were dancing together, and I'm looking at them, and I'm thinking we're so fortunate that we have a certain commonality, a certain a Rebbe that we listen to together, a place that we have such a strong feeling of connection to, that we've grown from, that we have certain ideals that are so part of us and so, and I wonder to myself, you know, I, 
I'll tell you what I, I, I thought I knew about it. I'll tell you my own, um, 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 you don't know me very, you don't know my own journey. I don't belong to a certain a class of, you know, the, the, when, when Yaakov had 12 children, there were 12 shvatim. And through the ages, there are different sects of, 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 of Yiddishkeit. There are certain uh, genres, if you will, there are certain elements and different different tribes of Yiddishkeit. And I belong to none. Because my, my because I I come from uh, my father's parents were definitely German Jews. They they for whatever reason because they were orphaned at very young age, they weren't religious. But if you're a German Jew in North Germany, you unless you have a very clear Messiah, you have no idea where you come from. You're probably Polish. Probably you might be Polish, you might be Belarusian, you might I, I I've heard a number of lectures on this. The more I learn, the less I know. I'm not saying that to be humble and to show you how stupid I am, even though I am. My point is just like it's so confusing with so much of people. So I don't come from anywhere. So when I hear like a, a, a Hasidic Jew, I'm giving you an example, say like, you know, you know, I watch an interview like something like, the Rebbe wanted to give us over what it means to be Hasid and he said it with such passion. I have a certain like sense of on the mirror, like, you know, you know, you have your trial. We're all, you know, we're all hidden. And I know without a doubt that about me, might say, what does he was going to say? Oh, don't blow me. We're all the Zaytan You're in Tell me what you are. And there's a certain part that I struggle with it. Is it, you know, Kashar double if Neamelech, I ain't a country. That there's a certain pride. I don't want to say, um, 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 uh, we're not Khalila. Uh, um, exclusive, but there's a certain elitist. In other words, you could also, you know, like a type thing, that you could also join. I didn't say you're not part of it. If you want to, you want to be part of the water break thing. Oh, but I do feel bad for you, you never experienced it. Is that appropriate? Or let's say, we're all at the Hashem. Why is there, what higher level is there? We have an Hashem. I struggle with this mildly. I don't know if you do. And um, that was the only thing that I wanted to share with you as an introduction. <laughs> So before I begin, <laughs> at least I didn't know that you would be going after I really thought I did have a whole long shtickle that I want that I had prepared. And um, uh, much to Josh's delight, Josh, you here? I think we're going, to, we're going to skip that now. Despite the fact that the time has stopped, but that's unfortunate because right, Glazer hasn't yet spoken, so it's unfair. But I, I, I was going to say also to Tari that I that we that we developed during the year, very important, beautiful set from Miller. Um, instead, I think I'll leave off with just something that I uh, it's just been niggling in my mind, which is usually what I you know end up saying. There's a um, there's a mitzvah in the Torah that's called which um, I believe one of the rabbis had touched upon. Uh, this is the, fun the fundamental mitzvah of the Torah. It's very ironic that there are those that are of the opinion that it isn't a mitzvah, but even if it's not the Baha'i, the Ramadan, that that even if it's not a mitzvah, it's definitely a rather important, a fundamental principle in the Torah that Hashem runs the world, took us out of Mitzrayim for the purpose that we should serve Him. It's the mitzvah of the mood. Asher, it's a sikh marriage that I took you out in Mitzrayim. And the Leil HaSeder, we have many mitzvahs that are, that are external. And I don't mean, I mean to exclude none of them. From the mitzvah of Kiddush, 
including the myths on the Tilsi Diamond, and of course, there's so much significance to it. You would be, there's so much story. I'll tell you something that's, that's, that's a little peevy. I have a, I, you know, for years, we had a, we, we, I would hear um, a certain uh, complaint that the kids come home and they know everything already. It's a terrible attitude. Rachmanu Litzlan, there's so much, if, if your kids come home and know already what you have to give to them, first of all, they have, they have cutesies, the Rebbe's giving them cutesies, you know, uh, you know, what's the Chacham, what's the Russia, why am I blah, yeah, then you should punch out everybody's teeth, you know, and it's the Manishtana one, those are just introductions, that's not the mitzvah yet. The mitzvah starts with the, where nobody talks about, where, you know, um, that's the beginning of what we call the mitzvah, where we just, you know, where we don't have time for anybody's speeches because everybody was busy darshaning about, should I knock out his teeth? It doesn't really mean knock out his teeth. Maybe he has no teeth. Who said the Russia has teeth? And what about the tzaddik's teeth? And the gematria of teeth is tzaddik and Russia together. It's really Muhammad's yard tech. So that, that's where people get lost in. That's a hakdama. That's like cute tarparos l'chakma. When your kid comes home with that, you should listen and beautiful and everything. We have what to give it. But much more than that, even if he comes home with every drasha on the entire Parshish Kisavai, including Pesach HaShemah Matzah Shemah, this is the Yisaitis that you want to give over as a father, as a brother, whatever your, whatever your mitzvah, however it's going to be manifest. If the Rebbe, if the 7th grade, even 12th grade, even Mace Bedrash Rebbe gave that over, I'll convey on you that you don't have something to give over. I want to tell you, my kid, I want to tell you, my tata, I want to share with you, I want to discuss what does Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim mean to me today? What does Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim mean to me in my situation? Like the Rebbe described us, I'm bringing my basket, I'm coming now with these, with these, with these, with this pekalat, with what I've been given, that's what you see the time. The Rebbe can't, by definition, he can't get that over. Now, there's a lot of things back here. I'm telling you, I heard Achimayri Shlita, he described what Karpas is. When we dip something into the thing, you know, Kedesh Yishlitz which is a Chazal, which I don't like when people make fun of it, it's not so funny. That was a kitchen ass. It's a very important thing, trying to open the kids' minds. Just because it didn't work, that means we're stupid, not that they are. So you shouldn't make fun of like, why do we do it? Okay, that's not a good answer, it's not funny. It's an it's important thing that, which, we are trying to pique your curiosity. Ah, it doesn't work, but you're okay, so you're not, you show up your mind a little. But, but the idea of dipping, he shows how much panemius there is that we're representing when Yosef, this is how you see us in Israel, began at the beginning, we dip because the Mechiras Yosef, they dip the karpas, the Chisayinus passed in, the carpus is extended by Pasha Pshat. It's all it's so obvious to you, right? You knew this all along the way, Hamo. That we did the Chisayinus Pasha, and then we break the matzah because the brothers broke the bread. That's how it says it's right. You can't use it for our people. But your kid isn't going to be telling you he's not coming home with this working bread. But you're far, far beyond that. Um, what I wanted to say, you know, now that that, that introduction aside, my third introduction was. And all the mitzvahs and all the Haggadah, the mitzvahs of Pesach, Matzah, Marah, and all the mitzvahs, the, 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 the 64 mitzvahs that we do, of the Seder, up to and including the Gatah, the Chayyayim, the Chayyayim, is all towards the purpose of coming to a better fulfillment of Anoichi Hashem, Alakecha Hashem, Sesich, Nehazim, which means, that if your sister decides that it would be humorous to 
lean like this, you know, she's a girl, and spill it on you because she's still a child, you have a mitzvah at that moment, the mitzvah of the Lela Seder, and the mitzvah of your whole life, to laugh it off, to understand that there's a, 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 a ribono shalom that put you in this situation, that took you out of Mitzrayim, that you should serve him, that you should accept his mission, like Rabbi Shapiro taught us by Sudhashlishas Adam, is a lashon of Yido, that a person is there as to accept his, what was given to he, that is a person, that is the tachlis of a person, the mitzvah of the muna of the neich hashalom kapsi yitzar. That's the tachlis, which means, which means that if you're running a seder and you have your um, teenage son come in with a leaf blower filled with Fryhofer's breadcrumbs and sprinkle all over the kara, that's where you can implement your obligation. Your divine obligation. Now you're also mitzvah in a mitzvah of chametz matzah. You're also mitzvah in a mitzvah of achilas matzah. There's many mitzvahs that you have, but every mitzvah you realize, you can't say about every mitzvah that it leads to the purpose. The purpose is that I should eat matzah. Although I'm not making light of any mitzvah. Every mitzvah is towards the ultimate purpose that you should come to a greater recognition of. Alright? That is the uh, what I wanted to say by means of introduction. And thank you for listening to that introduction. We don't have time for you. Thank you very much. Uh, please leave your uh, donations in the envelopes uh, provided. Thank you. I'd like to like the microphone. Let's get it's funny, it was funny to me, Raison mentioned looking across the Beis at Ray Shapiro and his funny relationship that Ray Shapiro is, is besides me, a close friend of Raison, a colleague, Raison is a Rebbe of Ray Shapiro's son. So I have a funny, I've been close to Rabbi Glazer for a long time, Baruch Hashem, an admirer and close. I share a similar thing that my son is Zaycha to learn Torah by Ray Glazer and with Ray Glazer and that share has left a tremendous impact on the yeshiva. And the fact that every single day the words of the ritva and Mulcham Tishal Torah, there's a Diyuna Torah that's going on every day, is tremendously appreciated. We look forward for many, many years of guys gaining from Raglazer Shiurim. Before he closes, I want to thank this year somebody who's been a tremendous impact in the yeshiva. For the last couple of years, I want to thank Ramendi Katz and look forward for years of him impacting the yeshiva, of being a continuous impact on the yeshiva. I was actually hoping to hear from Ramendi as well, where our time is not moving, but the tournament will be moving soon. So I want to hear from my Glazer to close out. This morning, I thank the guys for the patience. I apologize that we started a little later, but I didn't want to break up the shiurim this morning. Without further ado, please give your attention to our glazing.
not so much. It would be uh, uh, a little bit foolish, but um, nonetheless, if asked, I will. Brashus, my Rebbeim, because my Rebbeim are in the room. I just wanted to, I, I was thinking that, like, when you think about what to speak, and I'm sure everyone that gets a chance to speak thinks about what they're going to say, it's, it's almost, you, sometimes you don't have so much a choice of what, what you could say, because a lot of times what happens is you only really get to say what's on your mind. Like, some of us had the privilege of going to Rai Kalish on Purim, and anyone who was there heard Rai Kalish say the same vart, like, 20 times, and maybe you've been wondering, like, so Rebbe doesn't have a, a second vart? Like, someone else came, maybe a second vart? What's on your mind is like the vart that you're like holding in your mind. Like, there's it's hard to like then go like let, let me just say something that I'm not holding in. Like, so a lot of times that that sort of to know what to say is a little bit like you sort of like you try okay you know what I'm gonna say that like no you're right back where you started because what's on your mind is always gonna go over best hopefully and also like Ray Kalish always says uh, resonates by you so that's what I, I'm trying to share. I'll try to be very brief so that we could go we can move on. Um, in uh, talking about, we talk a lot about Amuna when we're talking about uh, uh, Pesach. And there's also obviously a very big, something else we always say a lot is Geula. So Amuna and Geula, obviously two huge themes um, about Nisan and Pesach. And obviously those are not coincidence. They're the most connected things that we already know from Alf based Gimel song that Amuna and Geula, Amuna Betach and Geula um, are so much connected. I just want to share um, of art that I saw that back in the beginning before uh, Yitzhak, way back when Yosef was sold, Yosef was going down to Mitzrayim, the Sokim speak about over there, that he was sold to a caravan Yishmaelim. And Yishmaelim were carrying good, good smelling besamim. And Rashi on the spot speaks up and, 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 and asks, why is the Torah telling us that, that Yosef was going in a caravan down to Mitzrayim, the worst of places, he was in the best situation anyone could be um, by his father, his grandfather, his brothers, Tamil Chamim, he's going down to Mitzrayim, the worst place he could be. Um, why is it important to tell us about exactly what he had in that caravan? And Rashi tells us, um, because Hashem is, Hashem is matan schar l'sadikim, that Hashem gives schar l'sadikim, that when they're in this hard time, that they're going down to Mitzrayim, Hashem makes it that there's something good smelling there. Now the question could be asked in that is that, you know, someone's lahavdil, but like just a, a muscle, someone, the, the cattle cars and, you know, we had the Holocaust and different things people were sent. Imagine there was like some good music playing in the background. Like, would I really feel like so much better about the situation I'm in? Like, how much better, how much better the situation going down to Siberia with good music and not good music? How much does that really change the situation for me? It's a pretty uh, terrible situation. Um, what's the schar sochdikim that I'm really receiving there? So, um, I believe I saw in the Sefer, Rav Yerachim Olshen Sefer, Yerachim Adam, he brings down that the schar that Hashem is giving you there is that Hashem is putting something that's abnormal, unusual good. And even though that good is not making a big difference to you much, but what it's telling you is that Hashem's telling you I'm there with you. It's not normal for the caravan to have good smelling things. And maybe that good smelling things doesn't totally change the situation. You're still going down to Mitzrayim, the worst place on earth. But what Hashem is doing, He's telling you, look, I'm here with you. And to that, that's like, that's bigger than anything. That's like, totally changes the situation. If you're still not seeing Hashem, you're going down, you're going down Siberia, you're going down, Yosef going down to Mitzrayim, and something smells good, not going to make the biggest change of going down to Mitzrayim. It's Gufa that he recognizes smells good. Ah, Hashem's here. In the situation, I'm going down to Siberia, I'm going down to Mitzrayim, wherever I am, Hashem sent these good smelling things, I see Hashem, that totally changes the situation. Now it's like, now I look at it through a whole other lens, Hashem is with me. And 
also brings back to the Megillah there. I saw this also answers up why, um, why, why was it important that Mordechai was being led on a horse by Haman? What connection did that have to the whole Gula process? I'm saying that could have been taken out of the whole Megillah. There wasn't a really, uh, seemingly was not such an important, integral part of the Gula that seemed to have come afterwards. But the Pshat is that in the Hester Panim that Klausel was seeing then, the, the Hashem gave them this, this piece that within the Hester Panim, Hashem gave them this seeing like, wait, Hashem's here. Haman, who was on the top, is now leading Mordechai. Wait, Hashem's here. They fast, they cried out to Hashem, they recognized Hashem. And with that amuna that they, Hashem was allowed them to see, and which really we all could um, tap into. I was thinking there's, there's three ways that maybe someone could tap into seeing Hashem. Let's say someone's going through hardship and to tap into amuna, to have amuna Hashem, but then which will ultimately bring to the gula. I just quickly, I thought three, three ideas. One is from the past. So either, and I know Rosh Shapiro spoke about this also by his famous Shal Shudas, Josh has uh, spoke about this uh, about three, four months ago when I came from Shal Shudas, he spoke about the idea of from the past experiences in life that you've seen Hashem's hand very directly, that your own, almost what I'll call like your own hollow, like just like we sing hollow, we, we sing hollow, the Nisim that, that happened in the class, so everyone, everyone, if they're looking out for it, finds like specific moments in their life, and speaking for myself, I have like those moments recorded in my head, and you can even write them down, like moments that like, that was like, you know, you, you see a Smitzrayim for me, like a, a nace, that's like one moment. You te- you, so even if you're going through a Hester Pani, going through a hard time, the moon I have in Hashem is from that huge moment I had six years ago that, that was like unbelievable. Like I, sh- I saw Hashem like I've never seen before. And that's the moon I grab onto in this point, and that, and that leads to the Gula. Or, of course, like we find by Yes Mitzrayim, you could tap into something that you see in the moment, you're going through a hard time. But in, a, in the moment right now, presently, I see Hashem's hand in, in some way. And another mo- another way that I've used in my own life is 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 to hold on to like a Maimer Chazal, like just when I was thinking of, of what sales, I thought of one like Shari Dimas Leinalu, right? The Chazal say that the the, the gates of tears are never closed. Is of, of course a so famous song in that. Um, someone could go take that Chazal and say, "Wow, Chazal say the gates of even though that davening in some way is there's some not direct connection doesn't, but crying one who really cries hard hard at Hashem, those gates." There's no, those gates, even when they don't have a base of militia, we don't have the Shekhinah, those gates are not closed. And if you tap into Chazal and grab the moon and like, I believe in this Chazal 1000%, I believe and you can see it, it, Gula comes from that. A Muna, having a Muna, tapping into a Muna and these, finding your own way in a Muna and Mary Chazal in your own life and past, past times or maybe even a friend, you know something crazy happened, someone saved from an accident that you're like, you see Hashem, you feel Hashem right there. Tapping into this is actually really brings to Gula. And I think if I could say one of the Pshat and why it brings to Gula is because even like we find in, in the story of Purim is because a lot of the time why we're going through something besides that we have to go through it, very possible that Hashem wants you to recognize Him. And when you fully grab into that Amuna, you fully say, Hashem, I see you here. That might be the ticket to the whole thing you're going through. Everything you're going through might just be so that you come to that car that I, in this, I see you, Hashem, in this. Um, and I think that's a big theme. We speak about Gula in, in Nisan, we speak about Amuna. It's Mesugal for Gula. It's Mesugal for a Gula. What's Gula? Amuna. Having Amuna Hashem brings Gula. And um, that's what I wanted to share. Thank you. Thanks for the discuss. Followed by a two o'clock tournament, there'll be a menach of Hashem at four o'clock, followed by Musser.